Hi, I'm Jess, and us at You Got to Know stand with the Writers Guild of America. All the Guild is asking for is a small 3% of profits, and that studios will not replace them with AI. This is a small demand in the grand scheme of Hollywood. Hollywood would not exist without writers. Trigger warning this episode for discussion of suicide in the context of Romeo and Juliet again, as well as discussion of essay. You gotta know about this show. Oh my god. There's so much to know about this show. You gotta know! You gotta know! Oh my god! And um, I should clarify that Kevin Smith is the actor that plays Aries. You're not thinking of the Canadian Kevin Smith. Or no, he's not Canadian. Is he Canadian? I know. I need to look up the director, Jay and Silent Bob. You know, you don't know? Okay. No idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. No idea that we go off. Okay, no, he is American. The only reason I thought he was. <laughs> the only reason I thought he was Canadian is because he was on Degrassi. Um. <laughs> He broke up one of the legacy couples. Everything happens so much every single day. And Xena's always there. And also sometimes Droxer's there too. Honestly, I'm realizing this is the season I have seen the least of. Because of how I hopped around this show as a kid. Maybe there's a reason for that. Oh my god! (laughs) I know for sure I saw that second Dayhawk episode as a kid. Oh, yeah. There's just so much. There is so much. Because, oh, I can't remember. Was this the season where we find out that, um, that Ares is Xena's dad? I think it was, like, in one of the first, like, one or two episodes. Actually, I I think it was the first episode of the season. Yes, the theories. Yes. Um, because, yeah, wait to just, like, drop it on you. Yeah, literally, just wait to just drop it on you. Except yeah. they only kind of dropped it on you, like, yeah. a little bit. Because, like, okay. And then they forgot that they dropped it on you. And then they just... Mm-hmm. Because literally, like, Xena becomes the target of the Furies because she did not avenge the death of her father. This is the first we're hearing that he's dead because, like, we got the episode where Ares pretended to be her father uh-huh. um, as, like, in a disguise, in illusion as her possible father. Yeah. And then... <laughs> then we find out that apparently... He's dead! Yeah! Apparently yeah. he's dead, and... He was murdered specifically, and, um... He was not avenged, and thus the Furies, they don't just inflict Xena with, like, misfortune, because it's either, like, misfortune or insanity. They give her both. They give her both, just because. Just for a little bit of flavor. Oh my god. Of course, this then leads to, like, the reveal at the very end, when Xena's about to kill her mother, because we find out that her father was going to sacrifice her to Ares as a child. (laughs) And her mother murdered him for it. (laughs) Yep. Gabby puts the pieces together and, like, forces a tribunal of sorts, which leads to, like, Xena fighting him and the whole reveal that, like, when her father was uh, away at war, Ares came in disguise of him to bed Xena's mother because that's what he does in mythology. Yeah. And we never hear about this again! We never hear about this again, even though, the, like, they maintain the whole, like, Ares flirting with Xena yeah. all the fucking time. Like, they do the, t- there's, like, a very intimate tango, like, halfway through this there season. There really is. It's and, like, so creepy. Every single time I see them now, I just think, that's, they literally heavily imply that that's her dad. They don't even imply it. They say it. Yeah. They, like, and then they just forgot about yeah. it for whatever reason, even though they're literally, like, mashing the Barbie doll's faces yeah. together, mwah, 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 yeah. mwah, yeah. even though, like, eh, Because uh, literally, like, the Furies would not have uh, let Xena go had she not avenged her father's death, so thus by her not killing her mother, meaning she, like, it's... I checked yeah. the wiki. They never talk about this again. They they never do. They never say it. They never it never comes up. <laughs> and there's so much that makes it even creepier. Like 
Things, <gasps> things keep happening to make it creepier. Why? I, I swear to God, the writers forgot about that one episode. Yeah, it's like, like they had to have, because it keeps getting grosser. A wizard you, did it. What? <laughs> a wizard did it. A wizard did it. <laughs> I'm oh. so glad I remembered that. <laughs> Fuck that wizard. That wizard's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> but because of this, I now refuse to say a wizard did it. Xena's just a demigod. Yeah, she's just a demigod. This whole show makes perfectly fine sense if you just watch it with the context that Xena's a demigod. But they don't want you to think about that because they want to keep shipping Xena and Ares. <sighs> Even though he's her dad. Mm. <clears throat> Awful, mm. disgusting, horrible, gross, yeah. hate it, hate everything about it. No, yep. sir, thank you very much, but I have had, no, no, good day. Nope. Had enough. Yeah. Ew. But that episode does end up having, like, a lot of slapstick. Xena has, yeah. this season specifically, there is such a weird in-between of comedy and tragedy, and not in a way that, like, works. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange and jarring. Because, like, we're gonna talk about, like, the serialized story within this season later that also touches on this, but, like, within the Furies, Xena's losing it. There and... is a lot of tragedy in yeah. this season. Like, yeah. so much tragedy. Yeah. And in the Furies specifically, like, Xena is slowly losing it. Most of the time, that is played as comedy because she's just pulling the, some Three Stooges antics yeah. all the time. But then you have, like, when she's terrorizing a group of women and children naked, uh, proclaiming them all to be, like, marked for death because she thinks they're soldiers who just massacred all the women and children yeah, of the village. Yeah, she is, like, straight up just actually genuinely losing it. Yeah. And, like, she terrorizes her mother throughout this. She does. She terrorizes everyone. And poor Gabby is just stuck there trying to figure out what the f*** is going on. Yeah, and even then, like, she does figure out what's going on, but mm -hmm. then, like, she gets this little glimmer of hope that, oh, a guy who had to deal with this once... Um, he's still alive. I forgot about this. Yeah. Avenging his father's death and killing his mother did not stop the madness. Yep. And he is still insane. Yep. Of course, then, you know, there's the whole Ares reveal, and of course Xena's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's fine still. in the end, but still, like, oh my oh. god. And then, of course, we just go straight back into comedy because there's a time loop episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. The time loop episode. That was so good. Because it's a really Romeo good. and Juliet. And it's... It is. The... Everything about this episode is perfect. Like, this is in my top five episodes yeah. now. And the time loop episode was very topical mm -hmm. because shortly... Yeah! Shortly before we watched this, the current D&D campaign that we are playing is a time loop. Yeah. And we were playing it, like... Two, two days max yeah. before we watched this episode. Uh huh. That was, it was so funny. It was just like I yeah yeah because like it seems normal. I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, yeah. we're gonna get a Romeo and Juliet episode because like this village, everything about it is just styled in such a way that screams Verona. Yeah. It screams Romeo and Juliet. It was very clearly set up from the beginning to be a Romeo and yeah. Juliet episode, and then they hit us with a time loop. Yeah, and the way they do is by Xena, um, Gabby, and Jocks are getting ready to leave town, and Joxer tries to stop a fight and gets stabbed through the heart. And dies. And they, yeah, and they have like, to, like, burn his body. They have a funeral pyre and everything, and it's yeah. very tragic. And they leave town, they do all this, you know, and then the next day, Zeta wakes up back in the barn. Getting woken up by Jocks, or the yeah. exact same way he woke her up the day before, and every, uh, there was lots of trauma. Specifically, Zena's very traumatized by this whole ordeal. Joxer and Gabby don't know what's going on, and every time loop she has to explain to them until she stops giving a fuck mm -hmm. and just ties them up or knocks them out to go do her thing to try to yeah. stop the time loop without them interfering because they don't know what's going on. Yeah, and there's, like, very fun- I didn't breathe that entire sentence, oh my god. Bro! <laughs> that was one breath. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there are these- delightful scenes of, like, Xena trying to explain everything, or, like, 
chaos happening around them. And Zian's just like, okay, good. I'm gonna figure this out because mm-hmm. she learns the reason they're in a time loop is because um, the son of one of these families was the gonna, yeah, he was gonna run away with the Juliet um, because she's being betrothed to someone else and they were gonna run away and elope. Of course, she bought poison and drank it before he could talk to her about it. Yeah. So she dies by the end of the day. So he yeah. prayed to Cupid and essentially <laughs> he's stuck in it. He's, he's the only aware person stuck in it until Xena comes. Until Xena comes and figures out how yeah. to end the time loop without yeah. Juliet killing herself. Yeah. And she stops everything. She stops Juliet. She stops uh, the fights. She stops everyone from dying. I just made it to the end of the Arnold Project. I'm crocheting. I probably have enough to finish this row, which I think might actually be enough for me to start working on the trim. Nice. Maybe. Hopefully. Kind of iffy, but we'll see. (laughs) Also, I would just like to mention right now, because I'm sure the sniffles are getting picked up. I have allergies and I'm recovering from a really bad cold. So if you hear... Uh, nasty body noises. That's just me slowly dying. I'm gonna try away. my best to edit it out, but I know that even editing this is going to oh, be yeah. horrid. Oh, yeah. You're gonna be subjected to all the gross noises. Horrid. I'm trying my best not to sniffle, but I'm just, uh, I am just a person with very moist sinuses this time mm-hmm. of year. One of the best episodes this season, though, we finally get Cleopatra. We do get Cleopatra. We get, like, Three perfect things in one episode. Because for me, I love all Xena, but Xena is the best to me when, you know, it's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> that That's what made me fall in love with it, is the comedy, the slapstick episode. You're really pulling out the tragedy with oh this season. Oh my god, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll but, get to that. Yeah, Cleopatra brings together three amazing things, though. First is the fact that Bruce Campbell returns. As you do. Yeah. you're Bruce Campbell. Um, what, God, what's his character's name again? I always forget it. What's his dick? Atocles? Atopoles? At- you know what? Let me just, like... Thief Boy. Is... Swiper. That's his what's... name. Swiper, no swiping. Um, Except Swiper does a lot of swiping. Yeah. Atocles. Atoc- 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 I can't say his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's... Hey, let me see. Atolicus. Atolicus. Okay. Yeah. Autolycus returns. Instantly great. Of course. Love that man. Um, what? Are you looking for snacks, Kim? She's here to get your attention. Let me get she knows you're doing something. Um, she's squeak. She's squeak. Oh, her little boots. I love her little boots. The other two great things about this episode is we see... Joxer's brother. Joxer's twin brother. Who is a master assassin. Yeah, he's a badass. Even, Joxer's the Weenie Hut Jr. version. Even better, like, personality-wise, they're pretty much the same. His brother's just kind of a dick. His brother is a dick. But they're pretty much exactly the same. And, like, let's hear it for Ted Raimi's acting in this episode. He, oh, yeah, it is He so knocks good. it out of the park. That's... That's one thing about this show, is so many of these actors are playing their own doubles, and there's they pull them a, off flawlessly. There's so many f***ing doubles in the show. There's more doubles in the show than I've ever seen ever in anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Ah, I made it to the end! Oh my god, there's literally exactly- Oh my god. Dude! Oh my god. Hell yeah! This had better be enough rows. Just make the last stitch or two a little snugger. Oh, no, you've got more than a couple. Yeah, I got more. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in me, too. Oh, you can do this, bro. Mm, I don't think I can. Oh! Is that, like, three stitches? It's, like, three or four, but they're doubled up. No, you need a little more. I'll need a few more rows. Yeah, more pink. Mm -hmm. That's okay, though. It looks good. The, like, cherry on top of this episode... Is this probably Russell, Russell, Russell? I'm using a bag instead of my um, usual fabric bag. The cherry on top of this episode is this is one of the only times that I can remember 
there are probably other times, but like the only time I personally can remember seeing Cleopatra not played by a white woman. She's played by yeah. Gina Torres. Yeah. <laughs> and like she is criminally underused in this episode. Oh my god, she's amazing as she Cleo. She really is. Because like I hope we <sighs> see her again. I know there is at least one more Cleopatra episode, but I don't know if she's in it. I know! Why would they do that? Because, like, first of all, it's Gina Torres. Second of all, it's Cleopatra. It's Cleopatra. And this whole episode... the perfect Cleopatra. Because this whole episode, um, Bruce Campbell, because I'm not going to remember his character's name, is... Working with Joxer's brother. He's never met Joxer before. He just knows his brother. They steal a sword. They run into Xena. Or at least Bruce Campbell runs into Xena. They then get involved in the scheme because Brutus hired Xena. Or no, was it Brutus? Followers of Brutus um, hired Joxer's brother to assassinate Cleopatra. Oh, yeah. And thus... Creates a comedy of misunderstanding. This entire episode is just one long comedy of misunderstanding. Yeah, because and you a got lot the... of jocks are trying to yes. be tough, really trying really really hard, and just totally fumbling. The yeah, and meanwhile, as Joxer is dealing with not only his uh, like inferiority complex with his brother Mm -hmm. and their own sibling rivalry which by the way this is some of the best sibling rep i have ever seen it really is which no shock for other people's siblings because me and my sister did not Mm. have a relationship like this me neither but like Mm -hmm. it it reminds me of like siblings i've known or like stories i have heard yeah (laughs) because like my siblings and i like we're fine (laughs) but also like that's because we didn't have to live together. <laughs> yeah. These two are very clearly siblings who had to live together for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, as all of that is happening between, like, Joxer's brother and Gabby and Xena trying to save, what, Cleopatra, um, Atoclus? 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 I don't know. Um, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Swiper. Uh, breaks into Cleopatra's um, chambers and ends up actually seducing her. Yeah. <laughs> like. I mean, he didn't have to oh try very God. hard. She was super into it. Yeah. Like, they actually have really good chemistry, too. Like, oh, hey, you're here to steal something? Well, I guess you've stolen one thing, that's for sure. My heart. <laughs> Everything happens the way you expect. That's the thing with this uh, Series is when it's an episodic episode. Yeah. Like, there's always gonna be a twist. There's always gonna be something impressive, but, like, Xena's always gonna save the day. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, things will always get set right. Like, there's always going to be a happy ending to one of the episodic episodes. Yeah. Unless you've got, like, something like the Abrahamic episode where that's more of a bittersweet ending considering they murder Carl Urban in the end. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's resurrected as Cupid and Caesar. <laughs> love, love that for him. I mean, what I love is how what many times I have seen a Cupid episode and then a Caesar episode. Yeah. Caesar episode and then a Cupid episode. And Literally. it's like, did you mean for us to not notice? Yeah. It's like, come on, please just at least put an episode between the two. Yeah. Make it a little bit less obvious, guys, please. I do, that is also, though, one thing that really reemphasizes everything I say about this, which is amazing casting. Oh, yeah. They get actors with such range. Like, let me put it this way. There is, they yeah. all have the range. Because Caesar pops up several times in this season, and we're going to talk about his stuff later, because it relates to the overarching plot. There's a lot of Caesar, unfortunately, and we don't get to see him get stabbed yet. And not enough Cupid. Not enough Cupid. We don't actually see Cupid this episode. He doesn't even appear in his own episode. Yeah, this season. Um, but I realized the one difference is, like, when Cupid is on screen, I'm paying attention. That's that's the bisexual guy you meet in your college GSA that, like, everyone wants to be friends with. He's the one that everyone in your friend group what, has dated. Caesar, on the other hand... That's Kyle from Economics that I'm zoning out the second he Literally. opens his mouth. Like, 
Go back to your frat house, boy. <laughs> like, he's, and he's the frat guy that takes it seriously. Not oh, in yeah. the, yeah, we're fighting Kata, whatever. Like, he's not the frat guy that takes Greek life seriously. He's the frat guy that takes being a guy seriously. Yeah. In, like, he would listen to Oh, yeah, he would listen to definitely. One thing with this season, though, is... It does kind of get progressively more racist. It, it does get progressively more racist <laughs> and progressively more, uh, just gross in general. Yeah. It starts um, out pretty bad. <laughs> because the first, like, thing, there's always the issue of the only aboriginal actors you see are playing the baddies. Mm -hmm. um, that is just an issue with this show in general. Yeah. Then you get... <laughs> Um, the first whiff with all the white guys with dreadlocks. Uh, a lot of white guys with dreadlocks. A lot of white guys with dreadlocks. Um, then you get the Orientalism, because they go to China. A lot of Orientalism. Because this was the 90s. This was the um, 90s. And, like, I keep saying that in a way that I feel like sounds like an excuse, but I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm just trying to say that, like... It's just... It's, it's gonna be it's there. Just, it just is. Like, the 90s and 2000s... You couldn't go anywhere without just rampant Orientalism. Oh my god, Everywhere. Yeah. It was in TV, it was in magazines, it was in music, it was in, like, everything. Every store, I remember having some sort of display. And, like, to, like, top off the racism in this episode... So much racism. Because there's the thing of, like, in 90s and 2000s, you just have to be prepared... For the white guy with dreads. You just have to be prepared for the Orientalism. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you have no choice but to be prepared because it... You will find yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's going to be there. It'll find you. It's going to be horrible. But there's an actor in brown face in the end of this ep season. Oh, uh, yeah. In Bruce Campbell's final episode, there's this whole, like, thing of them... Um, you know, trying to steal from a thief, and we find out he killed Atoclus's brother. But the whole time I'm sitting there, like, that's a white guy in... That's... That's a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it... I was scared to look up the cast list the second I saw him, because I'm just having flashbacks to that one Star Trek movie where they put Christopher <sighs> Lloyd in blackface oh. to play a Klingon. <laughs> and, like... I want to enjoy this season. Like, it, so many of these episodes I do. Like, we get another double episode where no, um, Meg comes back and we now know that there's a Vestal Virgin who looks just like Xena. There's, they add another um, one. Yeah. And all of that. But then there's, like, so much more. And then there's also, like, a lot of essay in this season. Yeah, it is a recurring theme. Yeah. In fact, the overarching plot of this season entirely centers around, like, it starts out with essay. Yeah. Because, yeah, and, like, there's great Aphrodite episodes in this season. But all I can think about is the fact that there's an episode where, where they go to Britannia... To face Caesar, because they think this group they have found of persecuted people um, follow the same god as the Israelites, because they keep talking about their one true god. And we then find out, as Gabby becomes closer with one of their members, that this is not the Israelites, and this is not their god. This is the cult of Dayhawk. And when Gabby starts to realize something's wrong, she tries to stop the ritual that's about to begin, and in so, she accidentally kills the priestess, which triggers the ritual, and she is then essayed on screen by Dayhawk. It is mm -hmm. not graphic in the way that you would think a graphic essay scene is, but watching this episode as an adult with the context that what is ha of what is happening... Yeah. It is extremely disturbing, and I don't want to watch that episode again. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was Um, and the very next episode would be perfectly fine as a follow-up, except for the fact that it immediately opens with, like, hard comedy. Yeah. Because Gabby becomes pregnant with mm -hmm. Dayhawk's child, and she gives birth by the end of the next day. 
which is horrifying. And a lot of times it is treated as horrifying, especially when they're trying to leave Britannia and the Banshees are trying to, like, get Gabby and her baby. Yeah. The Banshees, which, by the way... That was a very interesting yeah. presentation of banshees. They weren't. Yeah. Uh, 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 they weren't actually banshees. The only thing they had in common was the screaming. But the actual like characters themselves, yeah. like the monsters themselves, were really mm-hmm. fun characters. I liked yeah. the banshees. Yeah, it's just in the greater context, it's hard to enjoy them. It's hard to enjoy that entire yeah. episode, like anything about yeah. it, because we're just sitting there so uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, like we said, by the end of the day, Gabby gives birth. And within all of this, um, we also discover this, like, order of knights that are working against Dayhawk and his followers and are determined to stop the birth of his child, which they then discover is Gabrielle. And they end up in, like, the same castle. Some of the knights defect to try and protect her. But as soon as the baby is born and Gabby, like, falls in love with this little child, like, this baby in her arms, it's like, this is my daughter. Mm-hmm. She names her Hope. She believes that, like, she can raise her to be good. Within hours, this baby murders one of the knights by strangling him with his necklace. Yep. And this, like, Gabby refuses to believe this. Like, she is, like, beside herself with the grief of what's just happened to her and the idea that Xena, her best friend, whom she loves so dearly, wants to murder her. Mm-hmm. Murder Hope specifically, like... Her child. Yeah. And so the rest of this episode is literally Xena trying to chase her down to murder her baby. Yeah. And it ends with Gabby saying that Hope turned on her and tried to strangle her and she threw her off a cliff. Mm-hmm. But then we see that actually Gabby put her in a basket and sent her down the river. Yep. To survive. And this comes back. Oh, it comes back all right. Because later on in this season, we go back to the Amazons. Mm-hmm. And we not only see the weird centaur baby grown up, um, Xena's son is also there. Because mm-hmm. they're like, I think it was a peace treaty between the centaurs and the Amazons. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, it's all great and happy until Callisto breaks out of her prison. I don't remember... I think that was last season, when she got put in the lava, right? Yeah, it was last season when she got encased in the lava with what's-her-face. So, she gets brought back, and after she's brought back, um, she ends up actually finding Hope, who's now about the same age as Xena's son, and they team up. And they murder Xena's son. Yep. And this entire time, Hope is emotionally manipulating her mother. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Everything about this season just really sucks. Yeah, and it's it's a thing of, like, I keep going back and forth because, like, I do feel like the episode when Hope is older, that episode was really well done when, like, Xena's son is murdered. Mm-hmm. That episode was great. It's the episodes before that that just make me violently uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, definitely. Here's the thing. I feel I would be mostly fine with all of it had they just not actually had that scene showing Gabby getting essayed by, like, the fire spirits. Yeah. Um, And, which, like I said, it's not graphic, but it is still just, like, deeply uncomfortable in this way that you know what's happening. If they did not... If they, like, only showed Xena's reaction or something like that, or um, there's specifically a scene in Our Flag Means Death that I feel like handles violence against women in a better way, which is you see Blackbeard's reaction to his mother being hit, and you see the shadow of his father hitting her, but you don't actually see the act itself, Mm -hmm. and you still feel all the impact of it. But it's done without, like, this weirdly voyeuristic feeling. Without making you watch it happen. And I feel like that is the best way to handle when you're showing violence against women on screen. This one, they made you watch. Yes. And... And she is, like, screaming the whole time. And, like, you don't even realize what's actually happening until later. Yeah. And And then it's like... (laughs) So that's what I watched. Wow. Yeah. And 
rewatching it, this is the first time I have watched that episode with the full context, and it's ew. It it genuinely makes me feel sick. Zero out of ten would not recommend this season. If they had shot that differently, and they left out the comedy of Gabby the next day, yeah, when she was, realizes she's pregnant, there was a lot of comedy the yeah. next day, and it was all very off-putting. Yeah. If they left all of that out, I would not have such a negative feeling about yeah. that two-parter. But they handled it horribly. Yeah. It, it, like, it's better than a lot of stuff you will see in the 90s handling SA, but that doesn't change how voyeuristic it felt. Yeah! And I, I, I think that's, like, the big thing about it all, is it feels yeah. voyeuristic. Yeah. In the way that they show it. Um, Everything like, about it is icky. <laughs> like, just thinking back on it, I'm, like, starting to feel physically sick. Yeah. Let's continue. <laughs> yeah. And let's try to talk about the better stuff because this isn't the end of hope for the season. Um, She does come back. She comes back, alright. Yeah, because the episode where she and Callisto um, Callisto murder Xena's son um, ends with Hope trying to take Gabby back to Callisto so that, like, whatever they're doing. They're trying to, like, separate Xena and Gabby. And... So Gabby, and they're Gabby, doing a pretty damn good yeah. job. Except right at the end, you know, Gabby does wisen up to it and realizes the right thing to do is to kill Hope. So she poisons her water skin, mm-hmm. and after Hope dies, she tries to drink it too, but there's not enough left. And that's when yeah. she's found, and they're taken back for a funeral pyre, and they end off the episode with. Xena telling her point blank, I can't forgive you. Yeah. It is. I was really high for this episode, and I'm really glad that I was, because I don't think my squishy little heart would have been able to handle this sober. Yeah. And, like, uh, after, like, how intense we got about, like, the bad parts about this, like, it makes me so sad that, like, this is immediately followed up by what I would say is my second favorite episode. Which is the musical episode. The musical episode. Which, where quite the literally. Unfight. Yeah, where, like, they do make up for it. They do deal with their trauma of the season thus far. In a musical um, fashion. Yeah, in a musical way that uses the kind of, like, Wonderland esque, absurdist, overly CGI, but practical whimsy that I love. Oh, yeah. But and <laughs> their voices are yes. so good. Yeah. Like, so good. Because Lucy Lawless and Kevin Smith knock this episode out of the park. Like, oh, yeah. Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor, she's got a gorgeous voice, but like, specifically yeah. Lucy Lawless belting out all of that, like, all those ballads. She gets like a power ballad at the end of the episode oh, yeah. to her son. Um, because we find out that this like musical land they've been transported to when they have a near-death experience after trying to murder each other for yeah. murdering their children, so on and so forth. Um, she She's just, like, belting out this, like, heart-wrenching thing, finally telling Soren, like, I'm your mom. I'm so sorry I lied to you this whole time. But earlier in the episode is also when that uncomfortable tango happens. Oh, yeah, that happens, and it is... And, um... I should clarify that Kevin Smith is the actor that plays Ares. You're not thinking of the Canadian Kevin Smith. Or no, he's not Canadian. Is he Canadian? I, if I know. I need to look up if the director. I'm not talking about the New Zealand Kevin Smith who's in Xena and plays Ares. I'm talking about the Clerks director. Jay and Silent Bob. You know, You don't know? Okay. No idea. Him. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, no idea who that is, but go off, I guess. Okay, no, he is American. The only reason I thought he was... I thought you were American. <laughs> the only reason I thought he was Canadian is because he was on Degrassi. Um, <laughs> Love that for you. He broke up one of the legacy couples. <gasps> Anyways. That's for another season. <laughs> but yeah, different... Contain it. Conceal, diff- don't yeah, feel. Different Kevin Smith. I have had that moment every time the credits play and Aries is in an episode. 
Um, but yeah, he they have this really uncomfortable tango because like they're not too long hor- ago. They're very horny about it, and it's really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, please, be less horny about yes. it. I beg um, of you. But that also doesn't change that, like, goddamn his voice. Yeah. He, like, every musical episode of a show, there's gonna be the one person where you're sitting there like, album when? Mm-hmm. Album now? Give. Now, music, please sing. Sing your lovely words, lovely man. Sing lovely my words. angel of music! <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Uh, yeah. And then hop to the season finale. Oh um, and we find out that back in the sister show of this, where everything happens with Callisto off screen, or at least off our screen. Off our screen. Um... She returns from being sent to another dimension and is now getting involved with the cults of Dayhawk and the cults of Hope. Specifically getting her the priests that she needs to be able to be reborn, um, including the priest of flesh, of whom they make a uh, cocoon of corpses. It's really icky. Like, give me it vibes. It's like bad. 90s it vibes. Yeah. Like this is what I would have expected if they do- did the egg scene. Yeah. And the priestess of blood who is one of Gabby's old friends from her village who's been indoctrinated into the cult and who we gave you the same haircut oh, as earlier. Oh yeah, no, while we were watching this episode, I was just like, oh, I love her haircut, and then yeah. after we finished watching it- You literally like, just buzzed your head. We had lunch, and you chopped all my hair off, and now yeah. I look like a turbo lesbian. Yeah, you it's look great. great. I do look great. As, as a turbo lesbian myself, can confirm. Who better to cut my hair than a turbo lesbian? Oh, <laughs> uh, because butches do it better. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially with my f- hair, oh my god. And yeah, so, oh, yeah, that happens. That happens. Oh, that happens, all right. Um, and they're trying to, like, talk her out of it. They're trying to deprogram her from this cult. And all the while, trying to figure out, why does Kalista want these cults? What's going on? Oh, no, it's Dayhawk again. Uh-oh. Oh, it's him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, stinky. And worse, Ares is on his side. <laughs> Ares is on his side. I kind of missed why. I just know that he's, like, on his side to defeat the other gods. Yeah. And Hope is reborn at the end of the first episode in this two-part finale. And for a while we have, like, a wet Gabby and a dry Gabby. Yeah. Because Hope looks exactly like Gabby because she's grown up now. Yeah. But she's covered in, like, this weird slimy wet eggshell skin thing for, like, a solid, like... How long? Like, ten yeah. minutes scene. Yeah. It was really yeah. icky and really gross, and she looked very damp. It yeah. was awful. That happens! Oh, it happens. That happens! And it's all really icky and gross. The entire, like, hatching scene mm-hmm. is really just... Yeah. It's very... It is exactly what the egg scene in It would have been like if mm-hmm. they'd done it. Which, mm-hmm. it's... What I imagined in middle school when I was reading the egg scene. Yeah. And... This is then followed by them being like, okay, we need to fix this now. Um, So they go to get this dagger that's going to be able to kill her, but is also needed for Dayhawk's ritual to bring himself back, to which Ares and Callisto are working on to get, or not Callisto, um, Hope. Yeah. Uh, because Callisto then defects because she wants Hope to bring her oblivion. She wants to finally just die. No Tartarus, no Fields of Elysia. She just wants Oblivion. And Hope was like, "Mm, not yet. And Kalista's like, but I want to die now! Yeah. Um, So she ends up helping Xena get that dagger because that can kill her too. Which then um, leads to Hope and Ares getting together? And now Hope is pregnant? Literally, like, how long has it been? Yeah! How long has it been? They're really bad with showing time because as far as I'm aware this took place over two days yeah I have no freaking clue what kind of time has passed since all I know is that like ew yeah 
Because the whole season takes place over a year. Yeah. Um, which makes sense with all of the travel time uh-huh. and everything. Yeah. But this episode specifically, I don't know how long it's been. Yeah. I don't know. And I understand that, like, there are mortals and gods, but still, that was fast. That was fast. And also, ew. It and is... also, please leave. The door is right over there. It, it's literally, I'm looking at it right now. Just leave. Out. Go. Leave. Get out. Because it... Mm, there's just so much uncomfortable. This season was a season of discomfort. Yes. And, like, I forgot kind of the worst part of all this um, in regards to, like, what brings hope about is in that musical episode when they're in the land of Lusia, um, they do make Gabby relive the essay. Gabby relives that multiple times this season because there's also an episode where she tries to erase her memories of betraying Xena and she has to go through it again. Yeah. It is just so uncomfortable that, like, not only is this so voyeuristic, but they keep making Gabby relive it. And it's a thing of, like, yes, that is realistic. And they keep making us watch. Yeah. And it's a thing of, this is realistic, but you can, like, have Gabby dealing with this trauma without showing us. Yeah. And continuing to make this a voyeuristic experience. Yeah, it's like, please, we already had to watch it happen once. Why are you making us watch it happen over and over again. Yeah. It's traumatizing to everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's cleanse our palate. Yes. And talk about the one truly good thing about this season, which is, once again, keeping up Xena's tradition of having one of the singular best episodes of it being the clip show. Oh my god, I didn't even realize it was the clip show episode because yeah. I was kind of sick and out of it. Yeah. And, and, and that's also the thing, is the clips don't start until a good portion through. Yeah, like, we had no idea what was going on for a second. Mm-hmm. It took you a while yeah. to realize yeah. it. Because <laughs> it was really good. Good mm-hmm. clip show. Yeah. Excellent clip show. It was a good, solid episode. Yeah. As well as the clip show, just like the one before it. Yeah, because first season, it's bard school. It's fun. It's silly. It feels like a clip show <laughs> does normally. Yeah. It's just got a little more plot than usual. Yeah. Season, but it's a yeah. It's a plot that's valid for the clip show. It's like exactly. you, you like you hear the plot synopsis and you go, "That's a clip show." Yeah. Season two, they get experimental with it, and we see the descendants of our main three uh, in the nineteen forties re like role playing Indiana Jones, which is like it was really good, yeah. revolutionary. Oh yeah, amazing, delightful. Exactly the experimental stuff I expect from Xena. But this season, Gabby is so distraught by the fact that she has betrayed Xena, I think, twice now. She she betrays Xena a couple of times. Yeah. And so she can't oh, yeah. live with herself. We totally left out the fact that, like, a part of contention in the uh, musical oh, yeah. episode yeah. was that for, like, in the huge big... Like, the in China, all yeah. Orientalism episode, yeah. mm-hmm. Gabby marries... No, no, okay. No, okay. okay. She doesn't marry him. There, There's a bit... I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm not even 100% sure what's yeah. going on with like, Gabby and uh, Ming Tian, but quick summary, because we kind of forgot about we the China episode. We did forget about it because we were too... Um, um, we were too focused on the weird. We were the too uncomfortable. focused on the uncomfortable amount of Orientalism. Um, there's this whole storyline where, like, we're getting flashbacks to Xena's past when she was a warlord. Um, specifically, there's a time where, like, she kidnaps the son of an emperor or king. I don't remember exactly. I think he was um, the son of an emperor? Yeah. I don't remember exactly, because there's multiple kingdoms going on. And so Xena kidnaps him because she was betrayed by one of her allies who's working with the kingdoms. This then leads to her eventually getting in with Lao Ma, who is, uh, becomes her spiritual teacher and, like, helps heal her because this is all after Caesar when her legs were broken and, um, is, like, teaching her their ways and the such. And teaches her to use the secret psychic powers that only the people in 
<laughs> is it actually China? Yes, or? it is actually China. This yeah. all because this all takes place in like the ancient world. So yeah. we've got like Britannia, which is ancient, um, like yeah, Brit uh, like Britain and Scotland mm-hmm. and I. Right. I actually I don't remember what all counted as Britannia back in the day. I I don't have that much ancient history. But yeah. Knowledge. Anyway, she teaches her how to use the secret mind powers. Yeah. That. Just yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, it's it's very crouching tire. It it really is. Um, but yeah, it it's the '90s, so it's all very like yep. pretty kung fu movie esque. Yeah, and because of that, she's indebted to Lao Ma, and so eventually Lao Ma sends her a message to tell her to make the green dragon small again. The green dragon is Ming Tian, who is Lao Ma's son, mm-hmm. <laughs> with another. Man, I don't fully remember what the family situation was, but... Because there... Yeah. Yeah, because it's also been a while, because there, yeah. there was sickness, so it, there it's was been sickness, a while since we watched that episode. I think, like, his dad is a really powerful, like, emperor or something, and his mother is not. Yeah, She's I could like, have sworn she had, like, married someone else or something. I don't fully remember. I don't fully remember either, but she was, like, far lower mm-hmm. on the chain than his yeah. father. And trying to win the approval of her son, like, at yeah. points in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so because Xena is indebted to Lauma, she goes and she's like, okay, this message came to me, I'm gonna go kill Ming Tian. <clears throat> we find out that Ming Tian actually put his own mother to death, and not only did he just order her execution, he did it himself. Yep. And that was when she sends the message to Xena. Gabby is distraught that Xena's gonna go back on her ways and kill him. Mm-hmm. So she somehow gets to China first and tells Ming Tian everything. And Xena gets imprisoned. Yep, and then she has to spend a very long time in a hole with a big yeah. wooden plank yeah. structure around yeah, her head. What are those things called? Um, um the, I think it's called a pillory? Yeah, they're kind of like pillories. Except more big and unwieldy, mm-hmm. and they're in this, like, they're, like, in this room with, yeah. like, little platforms surrounded by a bunch of water, and there's yeah. not enough room for everybody, so they yeah. have to share their time on the little platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's all very miserable. And there is a point where, like, her and Gabby um, work out their issues, and then eventually Xena does realize, oh, Lauma meant make him small as in, like, take him down a peg, not murder him. And ends up, like, discrediting him to his whole court or something like that. Yeah. um, Discredits him to his whole court and all that good stuff. Ruins his reputation. But then she does kill him. And... (sighs) The very last scene in that episode, I'm pretty sure, is, like, when she's in the room with him, and then there's Gabby, and she's like, oh, you didn't kill him. Well, come on, let's go, because Xena mm-hmm. is in the room, just looking at him. Yep. She and him are looking at, it, like, each other, and he's, like, in this throne, in this big empty room, and as... Like, after they leave, Mm -hmm. the camera turns, and you can see that there is a knife embedded in his ear. Mm -hmm. The far side ear that was not visible to Gabby when she came into the room. So he was dead that whole time that Gabby was in there, and she thought they were just having a standoff. And his spirit shows up in the very end of the musical episode to torment (laughs) Xena, and yeah. he, he actually has, like, an amazing villain song. He really does. Like, that and is pure 90s Disney. Oh, yeah. And that was when Gabby found out that Xena had killed him, yep. too. Yeah. That's when just everything comes out. That's when everything comes out. And this was after Xena had had her moment with her son, too. So it's like, oh, everything is done. Oh, wait, hey, Gabby, guess what Xena did that you didn't realize she did? Mm -hmm. And the girls almost start fighting again, but they don't. They kiss and they make up, and then all the demons are expelled. Yeah, and they wake up again, and, like, everything's okay. And everything is okay. Yeah, and they stop trying to kill each other. And yeah, that episode, if, if it didn't, like, lose focus of what, like, made me love the first half of that episode... In the second half, like, literally as soon as the first musical, um, 
thing. Like, there's a whole, like, Gabby has a song, Xena has a song, we get the Aerie uh-huh. song. Once it goes from that, actually, no, it's after Xena kills imaginary Gabby. Yeah. That's when it starts to really lose focus on, like, what I personally loved about yeah. it. Yeah. But it still narratively makes sense, which is why I that's can't really it, knock it far down. That's when it, like, left behind the whole, like, Alice in Wonderland yeah. vibe that it had at the very beginning. Yeah. Because it very much had the Alice in Wonderland vibes at the beginning of the mm-hmm. musical section. Yeah. Including, like, with the effects. It mm-hmm. was very Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And, like, uh, Callisto and Joxer are those, like, white rabbit guides. Yeah. And it's fun. It's also weirdly jarring after Hope murders that Solon. Solon? Yeah. Sion? I can't actually remember Isn't what that kid's so- name. Uh, Solon? Yeah. Solon. Yeah. Solon. Solon. I'm bad with names in this show. Uh, I'm bad with names, too. Yeah. Uh, Between the two of us, we're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's the thing of, like, there's just so much in this season where, like... There's just so much eh. Yeah. Because... Yeah, I love this show, but this season, I feel like... I'm excited for the next season. Yeah. It's I, going to get a lot more interesting. I also am really excited to see how the next season starts off. Oh, yeah. ended this time. We didn't get to that. We so... didn't get to that. We are all over the place. So the two-parter at the very end, that finale with Hope Reborn... Ends with, um, at one point, after they think they failed to get the dagger, Xena freaks out on Joxer. She just loses it. She hits him. She calls him a bumbling fool. She says he's gonna cost them this whole mission. But then there's a moment where I realized what was going on, and I love this kind of Where Gabby and Kalisto are talking as they're trying to figure out what's going on. And Xena literally kicks Joxer away and you can't really hear what they're saying. You can just hear Xena having a fit mm-hmm. and she like kicks him to the curb. Yeah. He's then immediately picked up as a sacrifice to Dayhawk because um, it takes a massive blood sacrifice for Ares and Hope to bring Dayhawk around. Turns out Xena gave Joxer the dagger and he was a decoy. He was yeah. supposed to get kidnapped. Joxer moment. Joxer did something right. Oh, I love Joxer. He's slowly becoming, yeah. like, one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, they get the ceremonial dagger into Ares Hall where they're about to summon Dayhawk with this blood sacrifice. And bring on his legacy with the unborn child that Hope is carrying. And one major thing is that uh, Ares made a deal with the Fates that if Xena is the one to murder Hope to kill her, she will die. The Fates will cut her string. Your cat is Um, so shaped. She's so cute. I wish I could be that cozy. Look at her. She is so... Mm-hmm. God, she is so shaped. Yeah. She sniffed at me. I love it when she makes a little, like... Mm-hmm. It's just a little... Just the little mouth sound. She yeah. doesn't even meow. It's so cute. Ares tells Gabby this earlier in the episode. They're very, very aware of the fact that Xena's gonna die if she kills her. But the plan is still for Xena to kill Hope because she's the best fighter. And so, as this battle is going on, and Ares has been, like, pretty much tossed to the side in the battle, he reminds Gabby that if Xena is the one to kill Hope, she will die. So Gabby gets up, pushes Xena out of the way at the edge of the sacrificial pit, grabs her daughter... And pushes both of them into the lava. And dies. Fell in lava moment. Yeah. This is immediately then followed by Callisto realizing, Oh my god, I don't want to die anymore. I have everything I've ever wanted. You're, you're in, like, all of this has led to, like, the vengeance she always wanted she with Xena. She is in Xena's suffering. 
And then Xena stabs her in the gut with the ceremonial dagger and kills her for good. Get Callisto. I have a feeling this isn't actually... I, I'm oh, yeah, fairly no. certain I remember her showing up in later seasons, but that doesn't change just the moment. Yeah. It was a moment. And this entire time, like, Xena and Joxer don't say a thing. They're just left sitting there. Staring into the pit. And that's how the season ends. It ends right there! I'm excited to see how they start off the next season. Yeah. I want to know how they bring this back. I'm pretty sure it is a two-parter. I wouldn't um, be surprised. I mean, they probably need a two-parter to fix this. Yeah, they do. Because, oh my god. <laughs> um, and it's funny, because I thought it was the next episode was going to be um, the episode that I would obsessively watch as a kid along with Married with Fish Sticks, but turns out that's season five, too. And I'm just thinking season five has my favorite episodes. Because <laughs> those two episodes, the first episode of season five and Married with Fish Sticks are the episodes I watch the most. So I'm looking forward to you having to watch season five. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm excited, too. But I do... Now that we've kind of, like, gotten the distance from the serious and uncomfortable stuff, I do want... To talk about one episode that we haven't talked about. Oh boy. Which is my childhood favorite episode. Because this is the episode that made me want to become an author. And it's one of the Aphrodite episodes. Oh, this one! The quill is mightier. When I... Oh! This was such a good episode. In the fifth grade, I can remember this whole night. So vividly because i still have the blanket that blue bla- you know what i'm going to sparkly one i think i think you can still see the ink stain <laughs> they're going to go grab the blanket there it is <laughs> ah yeah there's an ink stain right in the middle of it yeah, and you almost right just there. died oh right uh, yeah there it is ink stain <laughs> i remember this like it was yesterday i i took <laughs> Because this is one of our extra blankets now that have gotten, like, better bed sets since then. Because this was in the fifth grade. Yeah. Um, it's a well-loved blanket. Yeah. And, it shows. and it's still, it's still perfectly fine. It is really comfy. Yeah. And it's weirdly warm. It is so <laughs> it's double layered and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I laid this out as, like... Just to, like, sit on on the floor. Mm-hmm. It was, like, midnight on a weekend. Mom was asleep. I was still up in the living room watching Xena. And... <laughs> oh, my God. And I pulled out, like, a skewer, a bunch of printer paper, and my mom's India ink that she didn't use anymore. But just a hat around in the craft supplies. And I tried to make my own quill. And I tried to... <laughs> I tried to write in ancient Greek like they show Gabby doing in the show. Um, I got f***ing ink everywhere. Yeah, I spilled the entirety of that India ink on... Well, not the entirety of it, but, like... Yeah, that... that it would... was about, like... Maybe this big, so, like, maybe eight inches around. Still, that's um, like a fair amount of ink. Yeah, and there... And... But also, this, like, is a fabric that is going to spread out on oh, pretty yeah. quickly. But yeah, and and literally, it was that moment while doing that. And it was, like, sitting there, watching Gabby, like, writing on this enchanted scroll because Aphrodite is so upset because Xena is more associated with love than she is. And it's all because Gabby keeps telling her stories, like the good bard she is. That she curses Gabby's scroll to do everything she says. Everything she writes comes true. And it's chaos to the point where Aphrodite and Ares become human. They get mortalized. Because Gabby says, and I quote, And all war lost its power. Bam. Ares drops from the sky. Oh, that didn't fix the problem. (laughs) Yeah. So they're like, okay, how do we how do we fix this? How do we get his powers back? Ooh, the thing that cursed the scroll lost all its power. 
down comes Aphrodite. <laughs> and this episode rocks. Because first of all... It's so much fun. Yeah. And like, it also has one of my favorite cameos that I find funny. I did not recognize him, his voice. But like, Jim Cummings is in this episode? It's Winnie the f- Pooh. It's Winnie the Pooh. Because he's looking for his kinsman sword. It's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> And, like, it ends with everyone being banished to this cave, and then there's, like, Everybody naked clones banished. of Gabby. There are naked- there are three naked clones of Gabby. Zena's off fishing. Yeah. She gets a lot of fish, because yeah. she's been off fishing for, and like, she, all day. And then she, like, visits her mom, and this and that, but, like, that's the episode where, like, I remember just sitting there, this little fifth grader watching, thinking, I want to be a writer like Gabby. I want to be an author. <laughs> and here you are now. <laughs> and I'm now almost uh, three months into querying my book. <laughs> yep. Wipe the tears. There's tissues right Why there. Why are you getting emotional over this? Listen to what you're talking about, bro. Yeah. It's your origin story. <laughs> Next time on You Got to Know. But Gabby's not in the Amazonian afterlife. Yeah. She's not there. Uh, you know where she is? Her village. She's uh, just like, I've been through so many traumas. Yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. And she does. But things are a little weird. Things are a little weird. What does she do? She kisses Joxer? Yeah, she kissed Joxer. And that was when we started... Yeah, something's off. I mean, they did make it obvious. Yeah. They really did. Oh, yeah. It's not actually Thank you for listening to You Got to Know. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Music by Kevin McLeod.